Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Mind your business only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. You're with Breakfast with Lindley and Ryan. You might have heard about Singapore's ambition to produce 30% of its nutritional needs by 2030. But have you wondered how land scarce Singapore can protect its food security goal? Yeah, that's a good question because when you think about it, it's not that obvious. You have to get very creative, right, Lynn? Mm-hmm. Is it a realistic one? We talk about food security today and as part of efforts to raise awareness of sustainable food chains, we have with us our guest today, one local chocolatier who is on a mission to plant 1,000 cacao trees in Singapore. She's also hoping to use that as a way to teach Singaporeans on sustainable planting. If you're wondering, her plan has not only taken root, but it's also flourishing. <laughs> so that is uh, something that we'll be checking in with chocolatier and founder of 2M Dessert Bar, Janice Wong. She's joining us in the studio for our Sustainable Wednesday. Morning, Janice. Welcome Morning, to the show and welcome to the studio. First off, what gave you the idea that it could be possible to grow cacao trees right here in Singapore? I think it all started during COVID. I guess all of us couldn't travel and, you know, our country was really talking a lot about sustainability, mm-hmm, especially mm-hmm. Um, what if, all mm. the what ifs, if we, if we can't import. And um, that, of course, crossed my mind mm. as well. And, you know, Singapore is a great um, location uh, for actually being able to grow mm-hmm. and uh, also harvest uh, cocoa. It's just that we don't have land. Mm-hmm. So I knew I had one challenge. I knew that was the only challenge. Uh, because, of course, we can get good cocoa trees as well as good soil and fertilizers. Mm. Um, so I reached out. That was really the heart of um, the idea and um, it, it kind of just flourished from there. Yeah, Janice, now that you mentioned it, back in COVID-19, do you face supply issues getting in imports of cacao? Oh, 100%. I mm. think um, a lot of our cocoa butter and cacao is from Peru, Colombia, mm. even from neighboring countries, um, especially when we couldn't get cacao from, even Malaysia was even more difficult than getting cacao from Thailand. Um, that was also very surprising for us and mm-hmm. uh, definitely caused us to really think different. How could we also include the community mm-hmm. for them to mm-hmm. be equipped and educated to grow their own cocoa? I'm interested to find out now the process of making these chocolates locally. How sustainable is that? What does that involve? Well, it's not very sustainable as well. As you know, we're very, very scarce on Mm. land and cacao trees take up a lot of land space. Mm -hmm. So for us, it was really also about the education first Mm. and seeding this idea so that future generations could come up with even better ideas than I do now and for them to maybe even take it a step Mm. further. Yeah, Janice, for many of us growing up in Singapore, we've probably never seen what a cacao tree looks like. So what does space are we looking at? What does, what does a tree look like and what have conditions do you need? Do you need cold weather, hot weather, what about the soil? Well, cacao trees grow a lot in um, Malaysia, mm-hmm. Thailand, mm-hmm. Vietnam, you know. And uh, you, you need, um, of course, some sunlight. You, mm-hmm. you do need, um, of course, you know, humidity, rain and uh, shade. And Singapore has all of that. Um, of course, you know, we don't have those four seasons, which help a lot as well for especially mm-hmm. tropical trees such as cacao. I mean tree, how tall are we looking at? Now, this is about 2.5 meters and wide is about 
a meter wide, you know. So it's not uh, massive. However, it is going to take up some substantial amount of land space. Speaking of that, we know that you've got some trees in Spectra Secondary School and even the rooftop of Raffles City. Tell us more about that. And, and what other spaces have you taken up mm-hmm. with your cacao trees? Yeah, so actually tomorrow we're planting cocoa trees in Raffles School School. Nice. Um, oh. So that actually took a year to come to fruition because, you know, we have to do a lot of audits um, due diligence and mm-hmm. also building a rapport with the school yeah. um, for us is purely education so for us we basically donate the trees we donate our time and with the students uh, we educate them about cacao um, actually we're also heading over to Spectra tomorrow mm. and I'm actually going to see the uh, cocoa pots I think it's a dream come true because everyone took this risk with me I'm extremely grateful uh, we Never knew if uh, pots were going to grow out of those trees in Singapore. But um, a lot of the principals, a lot of the, um, you know, the partners, they, they really believed in our cause. Mm-hmm. And I think if we dedicate the amount of time and effort, um, it will definitely come true. So tomorrow I see those pots. Um, they are baby pots for now, but uh, it's going to be really beautiful. Very exciting. We're talking about 1,000 trees. How far along are you in that quest? Well, I think about 30%. um, Also because I was really, really certain that I wanted it to be very pure. Mm -hmm. I wanted to germinate the Singapore origin, which Mm. means taking those original cocoa Mm -hmm. pots Mm -hmm. and start to germinate them, which in our country, it's not very common. Mm. A lot of our trees are imported. And it's also not very sustainable in that sense if you just think about the transport of these trees Mm. into our country. And so we started on a quest to germinate thousands, actually. That would mean that whatever's grown in Singapore would taste different from what's grown elsewhere, right? Are there significant or unique taste to it? 100%. It will definitely be different. Just think of it like coffee. Or think of it like wine as well. You know, when when you have different vineyards across different terroirs, they're just all different. And uh, for me, it was very special because we actually conched our first single origin, Mm. Singapore single origin. I got chef, uh, dear friend chef Han Lee Guan from Mm. Labyrinth. Mm. Yes. Um, He came and uh, conched the chocolate bar with me. I didn't want a lot of uh, media present attention. So we, we did it in Great Wall City, our PR imagination shop. And, you know, we were just really surprised at the taste of it. Of course, partners uh, such as even Felix, the CEO of uh, Gardens Give us an idea. Day. What does it taste like, the yeah. notes that you might expect? Well, a lot of people said it tasted very much like chocolate. They were surprised that mm-hmm. um, Singapore's quality was actually good. Mm. My chefs thought they were better than Colombia's, so that actually gave me a bit wow. of reassurance. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm just wondering the... Um, sense, the money and sense behind it, how much does it work out when you produce it here versus bringing it overseas? Because you mentioned there are advantages in terms of cutting out supply chain and logistics. So how much do you save actually potentially? Well, not to, you know, put anyone um, or any brand um, into jeopardy, but uh, in terms of just the price of cocoa per kilo, what Singaporeans pay, it's about between $36 a kilo for a high quality chocolate. Mm -hmm. Uh, But of course, a lot of it you're paying into marketing. Now Mm. to produce a bean-to-bar chocolate um, from scratch, tree-to-bar chocolate, it's about $2.50 per kilo. So to put it into perspective, yes, it's a lot cheaper. However, the process um, take time 
and this labor cost is also right. very high. So obviously, we're doing it out of passion. This is a passion project, um, and you know we we basically don't cost that in. However, if you really were to cost that in, yes, it is still cheaper. But there are also a lot of risk involved. Yeah, you lose out on the economies of scale. I imagine when you have mm. things just mm. around you, production facilities next door, and so on. So that's uh, something to take into account. Yeah. So how challenging? Talking about scale, how challenging do you think is it to scale up this production and to make it even more sustainable? It's extremely challenging. I have the good fortune of having a um, good number of partners, you know, to come on board. And I think also for us, because we are donating these mm-hmm. trees mm-hmm. and also donating our time. And it is challenging in terms of space mm. and also the quality of these cocoa. We definitely want less, but higher quality, which is the goal. Mm. And I think for us, everything right now starts with the first experiment. We take the first baby steps and we have definitely proven concept. But now the next step is to find more land. Yeah, this is interesting because you've already started the journey and I'm sure you've taken a few lessons away from the initial stages. Now, with that bit of success, what sort of um, tweaks have you been making to make things more sustainable? And where's that room to you know, get it even more sustainable? I think for us in our country, we always think about you know our food security and, and we don't have a lot of things, resource and land and all that. So we use technology. And I think that's something that I embraced a lot. Um, so we actually found a technique to shorten fermentation time from seven days to three days, for example. Um, also climate, I mean the climate that these cacao are being fermented, mm-hmm. it might not need to be outdoors, it could be indoors, for example. Um, there's a lot of things that we have reworked within this year while the trees were growing to actually find ma- ways and methods to overcome. Now you think it's raining all day mm-hmm. long today, mm-hmm. but and, and our cacao beans can't dry, yet it's mm-hmm. going to be moldy because it's, gonna, it's so humid. So we have to find ways to overcome these weather barriers, mm-hmm. uh, which we have done. Mm-hmm. And I think in the long term, we can make high quality, but small yield. And now for the most important question, where can we go to taste this special locally grown chocolates? Well, right now I've produced about 500 grams only. However, they're really for the schools um, Mm -hmm. and and a lot of the principals, especially Spectra principal has also uh, tasted it. So we're reserving these for the um, students first. I've committed that all the cacao, Singapore origin cacao is not for sale. And I think for us, um, that's the most important. Oh, we can't even look forward to it at any of your cafes? Or? No, but I'm going to send you some. Okay. <laughs> I think it takes quite a few years to reach maturity, right? So we're talking about five years from planting to being able to harvest it? It's about three years. So the process of cocoa is um, quite short. I mean, if you take only two weeks, you mm. can actually process them. Mm. But uh, it's longer than, than coffee, for sure. Right. If you've got some time, I'll bring you around SPH. We've got a few empty spaces I think we could maybe spare for your <laughs> That's trees. That's so kind of you. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Janice. Janice Wong there, chocolatier and founder of 2AM Dessert Bar. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.